So last week we looked at our purpose, why we exist both personally but also corporately, and um, answering that question being, the answer to that question being we exist to know him and to make him known, to, to, to grow in our relationship with him, like in John 15 with the vine and the branches, uh, to look up to him, uh, and that's the great commandment, but also to be those who are fruitful and to make him known so that other people are saved. So in other words, to, to look out, to look out to the lost and the great commission. And um, that purpose, that vision of knowing God and telling others about him and knowing and making him known should permeate everything we do, everything we are, and both individually but also corporately. And so today I want to build on that a little bit um, and look at the things that um, make up a culture, a church culture of who we should be uh, as the people of God. And as we move to a more unrestricted lifestyle, this side of COVID, um, I, I don't think I'm going to ever use the word back to normal or anything else. I think it's, we were living in a very restricted area, and now we're living in unrestricted uh, lifestyle again. We need to be aware of who we are, what, how God's called us to be, what we do, and how we do those things, um, both individually but also corporately. And... Um, I'm aware that a lot has changed, and uh, I'm also aware that a lot of people around the world, not only here but around the world, have made decisions and choices, whether it be um, not necessarily going back to church or not being involved as much. And, and, and the reasons for that is very complex, uh, and sometimes they're very simple, but sometimes they're very complex. And it could be just that things have gotten away or or. or, or, or being distracted by different priorities, maybe they've be, it's really exposed the level of their faith and their relationship with God, um, both on a personal level, or, or, or that they've learned that they've had to rely, or they've relied on others for a period of time. And, um, and, and so there's a lot that goes on in people's decision making, so I'm not judging what their decision is, I'm just saying that that's the fact. There's some who have been distracted like that, some who have rejected things that the church has done as being religious or for whatever reason, um, but we need to be those who build our lives on the Word of God. Some have held back because of fear, some have been a combination of all of those things, and then there are also, I think, some who have just really faced being taken out by the enemy. Um, and so this morning, I, I, I want to look at some of those things that we should be looking at is who God's called us to be. And we're going to be looking at different areas that would make up a culture that we live in uh, as the kingdom of God or as the children of God. And at this moment where we are now living unrestricted, I think it's key that we look at these things and say, well, what is biblical? What has God called us to? And that's why we've looked at as we were coming towards the end of that, that's when we looked at the pictures of the church. What is the church? How are we to be? What is the Holy Spirit? How are we are led by the Holy Spirit? And what is our focus? What do we build? What do we not build? And that's why we haven't jumped back into having all the things that we've had before. I don't know, I've had conversations with many people asking different things. Or when is King's Men starting? And when is this starting? It's like we're not starting anything until God shows us what the right thing is. And I'm not just going straight back from that to this. I'm not saying that those things were wrong, but we need to hear God and say, God, what are you building? How do we build according to your pattern and according to your way? And so we need to do that both in our own lives, but also God's uh, in, in the kingdom, in the, in, the, in the church. And not building on 
or with traditions or fads or the latest thing or this thing or that thing or this is what all the churches are doing, so that's what we need to do. We need to hear God and say, God, how do we build? Because it's how we build according to what he's called us to that we need to look at. And so there are some things that should never stop. And I think one of them is like for us in this context is gathering together on a Sunday. Our culture is one that gathers on a Sunday because Sunday is, I've got friends who lead churches in the Middle East and they gather on Fridays because their culture is that works. But the principle of gathering together regularly should never change. There's some things in scripture that the church should do that should never change and should never stop. It's like breathing. You should never stop breathing. If you stop breathing, you will die. If we stop meeting together, we will die. And that's literally, there are some things that is that vital that we carry on. And so those things we're just going to do as a constant. But I want to look at those things that make up a kingdom culture that we should foster and develop as a people in our own lives, but also as a church. And... You might think, well, how does that fit? What is, where is that? Biblically, we see, well, what I mean is this, is that what we believe informs what we value. And what we value shapes our culture. In other words, how we live our lives. When we look at cultures, we tend to, very broad stroke, lump people in cultural groups. Not true. It's just how we are. It's how we think. But every single one of those cultural groups have subgroups. And it's usually those cultures that understand the subgroups of their cultures. You see it when you travel. You see it when we just, well, we see it when we look across the country. Just look north and south and you've got different subgroups. You look at all sorts of things. And so, There are those things. But once we get saved, we come into the kingdom. And there's a culture that we see in the Bible of this is who we are, this is how we should be based on the truth of what we believe that is a kingdom culture. And that's what I want to look at. What are the elements of a kingdom culture? Now, when we look at that, we need to understand that the kingdom culture, the culture of the kingdom of God, does not and should not bow to any other culture. Whether it be an ethnic culture, or a family culture, or a church culture. All of those need to be seen in light of the kingdom. And if they contradict or come against the kingdom, culture of the kingdom, then those cultures need to be thrown out or dropped. Because his kingdom is what stands. And so that means for us individually, maybe we have a family culture that's this way, and if we look at it, is that kingdom? Is that a, has that a, got a kingdom mindset? Has it got a kingdom of God values and, and, every, and, and belief at the core of it? And if it doesn't oppose it, it's fine. But if it does oppose it, then we need to change. The other thing is the kingdom culture is not an amalgamation of all the other cultures to make some other blend. Which, in some ways, some people think like that. 
the, the church is the kingdom of God made up of different cultures, different people, every nation, tribe, and tongue, which is wonderful. And I love the diversity of cultures. I wish we had more. And, uh, but the kingdom culture, the kingdom of God, the culture of the kingdom isn't an amalgamation of all those. It's not taking all the best bits and making it. It stands above. It stands alone. And everything else comes into uh, in submission to that. And when they and when whatever culture it is gets in the way, we need to put those aside, or need to be removed, so that the kingdom of God is above all and stands above all, and that's what we surrender to. That's why we need to be wise and mindful of how we build, what we do, and how we do those things, both individually but also corporately as the church. And some of the things possibly that haven't been helpful, we need to say, well, are those biblical? Do they work with the culture of the kingdom? But that's why we ha- as we come out of an, uh, into a less restricted or an unrestricted lifestyle, it's the perfect time to make the adjustments corporately that we need to. And, and I've been in conversations with different people and we're working those things out and we're trying to see what those things are. But we need to start with what we believe is true. Remember what I said, what we believe fashions our values and what our values are form our culture. If we just, just, which is how we behave and how we live, if we just try and change those things of how we do things without starting from the point of what we believe, they're not going to stand for very long. If they're not based in the truth of what we believe, it needs to be rooted and grounded in what we believe. Laugh built in him is what lasts. So it's vital that we know the truth. The truth of who God is and the truth of his word. And the society we live in is one that wants to keep us quiet on so many different levels. They're happy that you can have your truth and I can have my truth. And that's okay as long as your truth agrees with my truth. That's what we, the society we live in. And if it doesn't agree, then we labeled or villainized or ostracized or anything else. But we need to know what the truth is. And we build on the truth. You see, it's often the narrative that we listen to that fashions and forms what we believe. And that's why it's so important what we fill our hearts and our minds with. If you just think, not if if you just think of the current situation, and we read things in the newspaper and everything else. If you read on one side, we see that there's a war in Ukraine, where there's an invasion. But if you listen to, like unfortunately, like some listen to, which is the narrative of only the Kremlin, then there's no war. And no matter how much you try and convince them, if they listen to only that voice, that's what they believe. If you listen to the other, we can see that. And you can, it doesn't change the, the truth of what we see. But depending on what narrative they listen to depends on what they believe. Make sense? So it's really important for us that we, we understand that in our context. What I'm meaning is this. 
what stands above and never changes is the truth of God's word. And that needs to form and fashion everything we believe. So the narrative that we need to listen to is that of the word of God. To build a culture of truth within us. It's not my truth or your truth or their truth. It's the truth that is unchanging. It's the truth that should stand above all. Too often we experience things and our experience starts to fashion what we believe. And even then we need to take what we experience and hold it up against the word of God and say, actually, how does this measure with the word of God? And we might not understand what our experience is or why we've experienced what we have. But what we do know when we listen and read and establish ourselves in the truth of God's word is like, I don't understand that, but I know who God is. I don't understand why that's happened, but I know the truth. And therefore, I'm going to stand on what I believe the truth and allow that to inform what I believe and how I live rather than what I've experienced. And it's much easier to say that than it is to actually live it. Because... With what we experience, we experience things emotionally, physically, all sorts of ways. And we have to constantly remind ourselves this is what the truth is. That's why I think the scripture says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the word. Why? So that as we experience something, we hold it up against the truth and allow the truth to transform how we feel, allow the truth to transform how we think and establish those things so that we are unshakable in that. However, So many have never heard the truth. Or all they've heard is the enemy's twisting of the truth, which is not truth at all. To put it into a modern context, they live and they believe the devil's propaganda. And when we understand that, then we understand we have a job to do. That actually, if we just carry on our lives without living out the purpose that we spoke of last week, which is to know him and make him known, what we're effectively doing is saying, well, then you just carry on believing that. We're abandoning them in that place of deception. When we have the truth, that will bring them to freedom. You see, without hearing the truth, they don't have the opportunity to understand who God is or to discover who God is. They haven't got that opportunity to then question what they believe and discover who God is and come to a place of salvation. Which would mean that they will face eternity without God. We are to know God. Know the truth of who he is. Believe the truth. Stand on the truth. Speak the truth. Build on the foundation of the truth. 
defend the truth, advance the truth. But you can't do any of that if you don't know it. You can't do any of that if you don't put it into practice. And you see, the truth of God's word is not subjective and it's not irrelevant. It's constant. It's absolute. And it remains the truth for all eternity. Our focus should be then to build on that truth, to hunger and thirst after that truth, to build a culture of truth in our lives. And it comes from believing what God says and who he says he is. It can't be altered, it can't be messed with, it can't be modernized, it can't be modified, because if it is, it's no longer the truth. And yet everything about the world we live in wants us to do those things. And so we need to stand strong and see what it is. You see, the truth of God's word reveals who God is. It reveals God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It reveals and exposes who we are, mankind, sinful, needing salvation, needing redemption, godliness. It it, it reveals eternity and the plans of God. It reveals all those things. It reveals the gospel that the only way to God is through Jesus and Jesus alone. And every other belief needs to be held against that to see how it stands because the truth is what is perfect. The truth is what sets free. It's the truth that is what we build our lives on. And 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 speaks about the church being the household of God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. That's us. If you just think logically, what is a pillar and a foundation? What does a pillar do? Holds up. What is the foundation for? To build on. So that the structure is sound. And so for us, if we are to be the foundation and the pillar of truth, we need to be those who uphold the truth, declare the truth, fight for the truth. If the church is to be the foundation (coughs) of truth, it means that we build on the truth of God's word. That's what we build our lives on. That's what we build everything that we do as a church on. And how, we, how do we discover that? By pursuing him, by reading the word, by immersing ourselves in the word. And so that we be, become and develop a culture of truth in our lives and in the life of the church that is based on the word of God. A.W. Tozer wrote this. The Bible is not an end in itself, but a means to bring man to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God, that we may enter into him that we may delight in his presence, may taste and know the inner sweetness of him in the core and center of our hearts. You see, often we read the word of God purely to discover what we should do or how we should live and what we need to change and what we need to adjust, which is good. But if that's all we read it for, we're missing the very core of what it is because the word of God reveals God. And if we to know God, the sure foundation that we can build on to, be, uh, to discover God is the word of God. And so 
we need to come to the Word of God, not as some, hear what I'm saying, and not, and not what I'm not saying, not as some manual of how we to live, but as a means to discover who He is. So that what does the Word tell us of God? How does the Word draw us to God? You see, when we come to the Word of God with expectancy, with faith, and with an inquiring spirit to discover and see more of who God is, that then transforms us because it draws us to Him. The Holy Spirit reveals God through the Scriptures. We see that, and and it points to Him, and it draws us to Him. And as we come to Him, then we are transformed. As we take that and put it into place. You see, we do learn from the Word how we're to live and what we're to do and all of those things. But primarily it's to discover God. And as we encounter Him, we then are transformed and change how we live and what we do. See, if we don't read it from the point to discover Him, it becomes an academic manual of steps to put in place. Like a self-help book that you can buy at any bookshop. But when we realize that the Word of God is the truth that sets us free, the truth that is unchanging, the truth that reveals God, and we come to Him with open hearts, reading that, inquiring, asking Him to transform us, we discover Him, we encounter Him, we submit to that, and it transforms our very lives. So that what we stand on, what we uphold, what we build, isn't our opinion, isn't our tradition, isn't our culture, but it is actually the truth of who God is. And what he says and how he works and what he's doing. And then that should be a solid foundation that we build on and un- unshakable. So Jesus speaks about when he uses the, the analogy or, or the parable of the, the, the wise and the foolish builders. Both read the word. It says that. Read, go and read the parable. The wise builder was the one who not only read, but also did what it said. In other words, they read the word, submitted to it, and applied it. That means they strong foundations that they built on. And when the storms come, they stood straight, unshakable, unshakable, immovable, Why? Because it was the truth. And how much does the world we live in need an unshakable truth to steady, to secure, to bring hope, to bring joy, to bring freedom? And that's our responsibility, to share the truth with them. Every experience, every choice, every thing that we do needs to be held up to the light of the truth of God's word. And then we stand strong. So my challenge to each one of us today is this. Let's adjust how we approach the word. Now you might think, well, this is what I do already, which is fantastic. I'd encourage you to do it more. Don't Approach it as something that is like a, a pond you just dip into and dip out of. Like it's hot, so I'm going to get in the cool water and then I'll get out the cool water and I'll carry on living. Only in times of heat, only in times when things get tough. You kind of dip in and get cool and you carry on again. 
Rather approach it like an ocean that you swim in, that you dive in, that you live in. That you dig deep into the word of God. So it's not something we just dip in and dip out and every morning it's like I do my two little minutes of reading and there we go, I've ticked that box and here we carry on. Or uh, you see, unfortunately what we see is that that what happens and then when something hard happens or you have got a major decision to make, then you suddenly find yourself in the word a lot more. Let's build a lifestyle of digging deep into the word of God. To devour the word, to ponder the word, to apply the word, to study the word, to wrestle with the word. That's why we have home groups, to to look at the word, to allow God to work through that in our lives so that we are transformed by it. So my encouragement and our challenge to each one of us is to give ourselves to pursuing the truth of God's word so that it becomes what fashions and forms what we believe and changes how we live and who we are and that we can then proclaim it. How can we proclaim something we don't know? We can't. How can we weigh up what the world says and what we face against something that we don't know? And if you're waiting and if you only survive on on whatever's preached on a Sunday, that's not enough. And surely as we've lived in those restrictions of the last few years with COVID, we've understood that we actually have to dig deep for ourselves so that we can stand on the truth of God's word because the truth is life-changing. And it affects every part of our lives. If we give ourselves to it, submit to it, dig deep into it and allow it to transform us. And it becomes where we live from. How we speak, how we do those things is based on the truth of God's word that is unchanging. That we hold in high regard. That we hold in the highest regard. Because it reveals him and reveals his will but also transforms us. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything we need to discover him. Everything that we need to understand him. And everything that we need to live. As we believe the truth of God's word and encounter him and encounter that, it transforms us. And one of the ways it also transforms us is that we not only are those who become believers of the truth, but we also become those who speak the truth. Not just the truth of God's word, but as we encounter him, and that becomes a reality for us, then we walk in the light. In other words, the words we speak are truthful, not lies. In every area of our lives, there's an, uh, integrity and truth go hand in hand. That as we live out the truth of God's word, as we, we, uh, we cannot come to him and not be changed. And if we are changed, and if that, then we need to actually also acknowledge that then that impacts how we live our lives and how we speak. So what we speak is truthful. What we speak is the truth. It's not a lie. We taught our children from a very young age that, and, and this is just us. So if you've done differently, it's not, there's no judgment, but this just explains this, is that we don't want to hear them say, I promise you. Because if my children come to me and say, Dad, I promise you that's the truth. My default thinking is then, so if you only tell the truth when you promise, everything else you say I have to hold as might not be the truth. 
So we taught them that we're going to believe what you tell us. There is discernment, and sometimes they say things you think, that's not true. But you see that simple thing of actually that there's a culture of we speak the truth. And with that needs to come a whole load of grace, because in order to speak truth and tell the truth of living in the light and nothing hidden, enemy not getting in, and not, being dis- and not distorting stuff, we need to accept that with grace from others and with ourselves. So when, we, when I look at the truth of God's word that transforms us, it brings us to a place where we understand, live and believe that truth, but we also speak truth, speak that truth, but actually how we speak and what we speak is truthful. Not lying in deception. As soon as something is a lie, it is darkness that then the enemy has a hook in that can then cause problems with. So I think some of the things, some of the words that were brought up brought this morning of, I was just thinking of that one, the picture that Katie had about um, reading the word with friends. I think that's key. Because we discover in, uh, more of the word when, not just when we search ourselves, but also when we interact with others in that. But if that's going to be real and authentic, then there needs to be an honesty in that. There needs to be truth in that and truth in how we live that out. Make sense? So it's kind of all over the place this morning, but I hope you're getting this picture that what fashions and forms how we live isn't by our choice to change that, but it's our choice to go to the source, which is what we believe. And if we truly believe something, that then fashions our values, which then changes how we live. And that needs to be found first and foremost in the truth of who God is and what his word is. And allow that to challenge and transform everything else. When we believe that truth, live that truth, speak that truth, then we are transformed. When we submit to it and apply it. So we believe the truth and we speak truth. So as God's calling us to be those who know him and make him known, to be those who impact the world around us. We need to be founded and grounded on the truth of his word. The, truth, the church, the pillar and the foundation of the truth, the one that upholds the truth, the one that builds on the truth. As we make adjustments and things that we need to, as we come into kind of unrestricted time, we need to do that based on the truth. What does the word say? And when we build on anything, whether it be a fad or a I don't know, anything else that distracts from that truth. We're on shaky ground. But remember the picture. What often what fashions and forms what we believe is the narrative we listen to. And if we fill our hearts and our minds with the truth of God's word, it fashions and forms what we believe. If we don't speak about the truth of who he is and his word and the gospel to those who don't know the truth, they live in the clutches of the propaganda of the enemy. And there's only one destination for that. Our role and the urgency we have is to know the truth, preach the truth, speak the truth, the gospel that people would be transformed and come to a place of relationship with him. Make sense? I encourage you, Give yourself to the word. If you need help with resources or reading plans, just come and speak to me or speak to someone, who, anybody. 
I'm sure. I mean, any of the leaders I know can help you find those things. And if you're a leader and you need those, come speak to me. We can find those things. There's grace, don't worry. No one's going to judge you. But what we do need to do is give ourselves to the word and build strong. No matter what the fads and fashions are, that's what we build. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your truth that is unchanging. Thank you that you are the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same, like we sang, the same God who healed then, heals now. The same God who provided then, provides now. The same God who brings wholeness then, brings wholeness now. You have not changed and you do not change and neither does the truth of your word. (coughs) Lord, I pray that each one of us would have a hunger and a thirst for more of your word. (coughs) That we would devour it, that we would apply it in every area of our lives, that it would bring freedom and wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen.